0: Yo, my check one two one two. 2 one from the place where hardcore This is the link up This is the link up This is the link up Views from the staff to the world that we pass This is the link up This is the link up This is the link up from the staff tell the world that we back ladies and gentlemen grab a drink let's get settled in here's another dose of some audio medicine fresh sports reports pure adrenaline we do it for the love of the game not the benjamins My check one two one two yo the link up
1: and
2: etc we don't see of
1: course
2: yeah of course <laughs> okay
1: so now we've started and for all those listening we've got a special guest today yeah. um i'd say a friend of the staff um philippine how are you
3: i'm good thank you i'm a friend and a fan of the staff <laughs>
1: ah thank you very much um good stuff. Yeah, so we're going to s- we're going to start off with uh, you, just a slight introduction. Um, we obviously know you're French, and France were lucky enough to win um, the World Cup in 2018. And we, as South Africans, aren't lucky enough to have been able to experience having a national team with such prestige and good players. Um, so just tell us about. How it was, like, during the uh, 2018 World Cup, where were you during the final?
3: Um, I was in Paris with all of my friends, and it was pretty cool. Um, just celebrated in the streets with everyone, and, yeah, we had a beautiful team that I love, so it was it was super cool, but it felt like it was so a long time ago. So. Yeah unfortunately. And
1: your um, affinity for PSG, where do you think that started?
3: Um, basically, I moved to Paris uh, when I graduated Matrix and then started to really watch football then. So I was just surrounded by PSG fans uh, in Paris. So then I started looking at them. And then the more I looked at them, the more I liked them. <laughs> i mean the more i watch them play the more i like them so yeah basically I mean,
1: okay and i can't know. mention psg without a little banter where were you during the manchester uh, united yeah. oh, versus wow. PSG game? jeez you have to go a
3: couple
2: of <laughs> years back here look at
3: I mean, Never- it's one
1: of the greatest Champions League nights ever.
3: Yeah, well, not really. But I was in South Africa <laughs> in a bar in Pretoria. I forgot the name. This sports bar full of uh, what's United t- fans, like, everywhere. It was the worst night of my life.
1: <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine.
3: Uh, yeah. And then, um, when the game finished, they f- played this fucking song, like... Uh, Glory, glory in my hand. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, I left the bar and I was <laughs> in the car.
2: <laughs> Must be so annoying, oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. But uh, to get into sort of the nitty gritty stuff, uh, last week we spoke a little bit about like legacy projects and how they, how, what effect they leave on countries. And that was kind of Lita's baby who read the report and kind of brought that to us Um, we spoke about like basically how it's not financially sustainable and how basically third world countries can't afford to host tournaments like the Olympics or World Cup and I know you've had something or you've said something similar to me but from an environmental standpoint of the effects that um, hosting these big tournaments can have on the environment um can you just give us like a brief explanation on how uh big tournaments such as the world cup or olympics affect the environment
3: um mm, yeah i guess um Basically, I think the most, the biggest problem with these tournaments is that people are flying from all across the world. So I think I read the number not long ago that they calculated the carbon footprint of like the Brazil World Cup in 2014. And I think it's like 75% of the carbon emissions or greenhouse gas emissions come from planes from supporters. And... I don't really have numbers about this, but I would assume that the people who actually can fly from, like, let's say, Germany to, uh, or France to Brazil are kind of the elite. So there's a question of, like, do you want to continue with this kind of, um, you know, celebrations of football that brings people from so far for a tournament? And the people that can come are going to be, like, obviously the most privileged and the impact is so huge so yeah i guess the question is like whether you want to make people come from all around and it's it's this great party with like fans from every team or just maybe let the people from the country where it's organized benefit from it but with next world cup being in qatar i assume it's not going to be like this at all since it's not like the greatest football country let's say so obviously the fans are gonna just come from everywhere. So mm. this is the biggest problem, but yeah I don't I don't see it people ending this anytime soon or thinking about an alternative way to do this anytime soon. But yeah.
1: Yeah I mean we floated a couple of ideas of what we think you know would be best from a Financial standpoint and how they can fix that. But I mean, we're not really experts, so that's as far as we can take it. But yeah, produce, yeah do you have anything to add, Lisa? Uh,
2: Brian, yeah, just for me, like just on, on what Philippine said, um, it's basically the priorities of the people in charge that's really gonna matter to, with all of this because um, unfortunately, you know, the capitalist society, the capitalism idea involved in sport has now taken over to to a point where, you know, look at the, taking the World Cup to Qatar, you know, it's a, not really a major footballing nation or in, in any sense really besides the money that they, they have and that they've pumped in football uh, probably in the last 20 years. But um, the country itself is not really football-rich history there. So taking the World Cup there, you can see that in priorities are not necessarily – probably aligned to growing the game in Qatar, but actually more to, you know, the money that was involved in making the, the, the decision. And money is root of all evil in, in, in these situations. And, you know, things like Carbon Footprint and, um, and and stuff that Philippine mentioned, I'm sure and I'm pretty certain that it's not on top of these guys' uh, priority lists um, or, you know, on, or, you know, the pros and cons when they make these decisions. And unfortunately, you know the green um living and and you know protecting the environment is something that definitely in the last few years has been on on top of agendas in a lot of uh, important meetings but it's still something that for some reason people still are trying to justify and 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 and, and really explain and still trying to make people understand that the world is, is 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 in a decay almost you know compared to what it was before the the massive influx of of humankind so It is, I don't know, man, you know, money talks at the end of the day. Carbon footprint, we hope one day, you know, it will be definitely considered. But you also then face another question. um, As football fans, do we want to grow the game? Um, Or as you know, you know, where we bring people from all over the world, share ideas and share experiences? Or is it a matter of, um, you know, just Believing, you know, hosting a World Cup, you know, in in one city or one country, and keeping it that way, it's still a celebration of different countries and, and 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 competing. But I don't know, like, there's there's so many pros and cons to any idea that you can come up with. And at the moment, I'm sure FIFA is trying the best to sort of uh, be considerate, to you know, uh, when when hosting a, a, a an event of of that magnitude, even Olympics. I mean, Olympics, I'm sure the, the um, carbon emissions there are probably even way higher because, there yeah, they flip and actually start, you know, project and start building things on the, from the ground up, you know, years prior. So, hey, man, it's, it's, it's hectic. Though. But sport, but uh, like we said last week, you know, things will definitely change past COVID and priorities might even change as well. So we might not see as many events as we have seen in the past for sure.
4: Lita, Lita. Yeah, for- Sorry, mm-hmm. Brian. I just wanted to say the the problem with the um, tournaments, the purpose of them is to get, is to build tourism for the country. It is the, the, the purpose of these tournaments is to encourage everyone from around the world to come and visit us. And those that can come visit us will go home and tell people that they know that. I experienced such a good time here, blah blah blah, great views, great experience, great that. I mean,
1: that was pretty successful with Russia, I guess.
4: <laughs> I don't know about
1: the English guy, yeah.
4: <laughs> but like, it's like the purpose. The problem is the purpose of these tournaments is to get everyone from around the world to come and visit. So this is this is. Um, I don't I don't see this ending unfortunately and actually like today at work we started a project around um one of these brands that that that, that uh, I couldn't believe it they, they they're selling a product a wooden product and they said if you guys buy this wooden product of ours we will plant one tree in return and they just said to me <laughs> The cycle is fucked up completely. They, If they really cared about planting trees, they wouldn't create wooden products and they wouldn't sell your wooden product for you to plant a wooden product for them, for them to make a new wooden product out of it. So for me, when, I, when I'm hearing this, it's, it's, it's reminding me of the same thing where the whole purpose of this is to get people moving. And as sad as it may be, these tournaments are. Only because of that because there are ready-made stadiums that we, we can keep these tournaments in Europe where these are there are established stadiums and there are not the the, the the economies around there where people can afford to come get these things, but they leave these tickets available for people around the world solely for the purpose of getting the whole world there and a commentator can start the game and say we've got fifty seven nations in this stadium right now. So as sad as it, as it may be, as Lisa said, the capitalist movement is too strong to to, to break down the, 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 the cycle. I don't see anyone breaking the cycle, and Bernie Sanders already stopped. So what are we going to do?
1: I mean, just to piggyback of what you said there, uh, which I completely agree with, um, I've, to start off, I don't think people really give a shit about it um as you say the environment basically i think with covid every as you can see now everything's just going back to what it used to be huge everyone was saying oh covid market covid this covid that well you see what's happening now um all the clubs who are crying broke are now spending hundreds and thousands and millions of pounds uh Abramovich, for example and uh, I'm not going to gonna fair, take, I'm that. Not... I'm not gonna take that. There's no club who broke the sort of lower levels. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, But um, to, to speak about the expansion, I'm not a huge fan of expansion. I do not like the Rugby Championship. I preferred it without Argentina. I know it was a good stepping stone for them to build their nation, but uh, I don't like it. I don't like the Euros. I think it's too many teams. And it dilutes the quality of the competition. And I think if you are worried about the Quartal World Cup, as you said, Lita, of it not being a big sort of sporting nation, can you imagine the traffic that the next World Cup is going to have in Mexico, America, and Canada? Mm. It's going to be an expanded World Cup. It's going to be in three countries, and it's America. It's going to be insane So at what point, I always ask, um, do we... Because I always see, you know, um, yeah, the environment is dying. We need to deal with it now. But, you know, these huge corporations are just passing the buck Mm and, you know, not really caring about dealing with it now. But I know, Philippine, you want to add something to that?
3: (laughs) Yeah, but... um... This is the thing I think is like, of course, it's not going to end soon, but what we can see is that it's actually just getting worse. Like, of course, the FIFA, their like first priority is obviously the money and the development, but the way they see it, they're making it like actually worse. So, as you say, next World Cup will be in Qatar. So, I think there's obviously a touristic, um, objective for Qatar through this but there's also like a sports diplomacy objective of like having a good image in world diplomacy um, even though obviously this country has the problem we know with human rights and everything and then the next one will be in Canada, Mexico and the US so it's going to be even worse in in terms of traffic and everything and now in Europe they want to do I mean they've been talking for this many years about doing this like Super League between, like, the top clubs. So it would mean if, like, this actually happens and there's actually people pushing for this, it would mean that instead of, like, having to go from Manchester to Brighton to see a game, you'd have to go from Manchester to Juventus, like, in the weekend to see your team plays. And it's bad for the environment, but it's also just bad Mm. for the sport. So overall, the tendency is just, like, really bad. So... I feel like, yeah, this is all right.
2: And and if and if that happens, we'll definitely be heading down a path of or that is not going to be grateful for, for the sport if we really go down a Super League environment. Because then it will just be the rich of the rich competing against the rich of the rich. And that will obviously take away, you know, that um, real element of sport, you know, which is playing for the love of the game. And I know obviously that... <laughs> Probably has died in, 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 a, in a larger sense in sport already, but you know, if that happens, already on the environment, it's going to be such a, a negative impact because of the movement. And I think also on the other hand, besides you know the football, the, the footballing aspect of trying to grow the game, and you know as as um, you know the Champions League, people always want to argue, you know, with the Super League um, that it is want we'll to make it as, as, as you know the best of the best and as competitive as you know no matter how they see competition uh, but it's also the thing of the world needing to be like interconnected I think because you know even though um COVID obviously is, is going to be making everything tough now then that's why I think it's going to be different surely after COVID because we can't really now travel as freely before but Beforehand, you know, the world traveling was something that was becoming easier and easier, and that's obviously through technology. That's obviously through just being aware of the rest of the world. Um, um, for for many people, so there's that sort of uh, uh sort of hanging the balance where you want to see the rest of the world. You would love to, you know, travel to 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 Italy to go watch your team play against AC Milan more regularly than having to wait every three four years for that one chance. You know, so. Mm-hmm. But also at the end of the day, if you look at sports, sport, but you know, true football fans wouldn't want that because that's just going to be annoying and it's going to take away from the funds. So there's a lot of people pulling in in, in 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 different directions for different things. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. But definitely, unfortunately, not a lot of people are pulling towards the, the environmental uh, direction, which is kind of sad because in the long run it might not be this generation, but future generations will definitely uh, pay.
3: Oh, our generation.
1: <laughs> I <am>. generation. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot here, Philippine, but <laughs> I want to ask you a question about actually what I got thinking was um, you know, the recent uh, partnership with Bellerin and Forest Green Rovers was pretty interesting, but they kind of had an advantage of starting from the bottom up in terms of, you know, they're a lower league club and on a smaller scale, so it's easier to implement some of the practices that they've done that are environmentally friendly, like the pitch, um, being vegan, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, Do you think it's possible for bigger clubs on a bigger scale to implement? Do you think it's possible and do you think they should do it? Because um, I can't imagine, you know, Old Trafford. Now we only we're not serving meat, only vegan would go down too well with the general public.
3: Hmm. Mm, the thing is, like, I mean, obviously, if clubs decide to do this, um, we're not gonna be like, you know, talking shit about them for doing this. Um, it's a good thing if they decide to make an effort, but overall, it doesn't really change much if like alone clubs decide on their own to stop for example selling meat like it doesn't have such an impact I think what like the football as it work as it as a system is creating so much carbon emissions and and building so much and all of that that, that have an environmental impact that an alone club that would Decide to do its own part wouldn't make such a big difference, and I don't think this is the way we should go. And especially if they use it as a marketing thing where they're gonna just say, Oh, look at us, we're environmentally friendly because we now stop selling meat. But I don't know if it. yeah,
1: but I mean, if it's yeah, if it helps, so I don't like even if it's a marketing sort of gimmick. And it does help the environment. I don't really care. But I mean, like, let's say, for example, uh, a major club that other clubs like to copy, like Manchester United, they start um, doing these kind of um, stuff. And doesn't it show, like, a good example for other clubs and they might follow suit, which does help in a way?
3: I guess, yeah. But then I think they must develop a full strategy for the club. And not maybe choose like some yeah as I said like marketing specific things of like for example meat like they need to stop taking a plane to go every week and play in another England team I don't know if they do this in England but for example PSG takes the plane to go to Marseille or whatever which is crazy Um, it wouldn't have an impact in itself but yes indeed it can have an impact in influencing other clubs and showing that we must all take a part in everything but in my opinion, I think if we want to make a real difference in in this ecological context, we need any way to like, change the whole system in which we live. So I believe more in, I don't know, I don't think it would have such a great impact. But yes, like I would love PSG to at least make some changes because it's just outrageous the way they lead their club in, in this aspect. So...
2: Yeah, I I think Brian <laughs> goes back to, to what we were talking about money, man, money, money talks. If it makes financial sense, because going green for any type of um huge corporation or, or an operational building, actually, just going green for a building actually is quite costly. Um, if you're gonna never mind going green, um, in terms of you know you're not gonna sell uh, meat or whatever, but. In terms of how you, you um, just electricity, your your consumption of electricity, your your the emissions you're talking about now from your um, what do you call it from your air-cons, from all the things that in are, are gonna emit some sort of uh, uh, gas and then also from <laughs> putting new rubbish bins I mean uh, charge, uh what do you call this um, you know those recycle reuse different types of bins that you're gonna to have to put out. It's 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 normally like if you are a marketing person in that let's say Manchester United head of marketing goes and says to the glazers, listen, this is the plan that we'd like to put up in terms of going green. If at the end of that proposal you have a cost of three million to Manchester United just to go green and save the planet. But this at, in this financial year you're gonna cost them three billion extra it's something that's going to be looked like, if, like uh, um we'll probably show it for now and, you know, see maybe next year. And trust me, think- <laughs> <job is> <laughs> and, and, yeah. it does not have to be overnight. Yeah. What, what,
4: what, 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 what she's talking about, like now that brought like an idea to my head, like <laughs> when, when we say we're going to make all the meals vegan, it doesn't have to be that. It can be, we start offering vegan options, yeah, right, and we slowly move towards it. It doesn't mean that um, that the, that that the entire Man United training center is green. Yeah, growing it five hundred thousand a year, sort of thing. Sure, I don't, I don't think anyone has to um, commit to being green at a certain day, but like they can commit to trying to, and 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 I think. Like, I, I was watching this other one of these reality shows. You know, Lockdown's
1: been amazing, though. <laughs> A lot of random shit. <laughs> and, and, this, and Don't I, blame Lockdown for watching Keep Up With The Kardashians. That's
4: not what I was watching. <laughs> I was watching Wife Swap, right? And Wife Swap, um, the, the idea is, like, one family and another family, they swap wives for
3: <laughs>
4: five days. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And, the, and they always pick the most... Con- contrasting families, and the, the the one family I remember it was this black family. This black lady went to the white family's house, and they were super about, um, gymming, super about eating well and eating vegan. And she said to the guy, "Can I cook you one vegan meal?" Uh-huh. No, 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 no. But it's her rules now, so she cooked it, and he ate it, and he went, "Whoa." This is really good. This is really good. And he said to his wife when she came back, like, maybe we can try this uh once a week, maybe twice a week. And I think that's how it begins. It, it doesn't have to be there's no option for you to eat what you want to eat.
2: Yeah. Try the option for you yeah, to
3: try but I yeah? I still agree with the Lita in the sense that it's not really I mean obviously the club are here to like I mean, they're here to make money. But yeah. if we're positive, they're here to, you know, like play football and show us football and offer us football. So it's yeah. not really their responsibility. I mean, in the end, the state, I think their responsibility is in the state and the federations. And we just like, I think if we can make one important difference, it's just to like having real tax on the football and
1: yeah. getting
3: yeah. the money that runs away from like, There's so many stories of, like, Jose Mourinho, for example, (laughs) of football people who don't pay the taxes or whatever. Like, just get the money and then we can do great things with this money. But, yeah, the responsibility, you can't just expect football, as Lita says, if it's not financially positive for them, they just won't do it. And it's, I mean, it's bad, but it's kind of understandable in the system we live in, so.
4: I think, like, 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 to follow on what you were saying, to answer your question, I don't completely agree with him. I do agree with them that football clubs are all about money right now. But I think if if someone like Man United, if, if they speak to Adidas and they say, like, we've had horrible kids, if Adidas come out and they say, we have the first green shirt, every every carbon footprint has been paid back for by creating this shirt, and when you buy this shirt, you are actually supporting your club and you're supporting the environment, and it's not going to cost you extra. If we can start seeing that, like, wow, making a change isn't going to affect the fact that I'm going to get the new United show. It's not going to affect the fact that I have to pay more or less for it. And I'm actually supporting, and I think I'm I'm supporting a system that's trying to make a change. And I think people are sleeping on the fact that a lot of people are actually these days, they're supporting brands that want to make a positive change to the world. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a mistake that Mike gave Colin Kaepernick. A, a, a contract, and we're gonna start selling your shirts and things, because now I'm gonna go buy a Colin Kaepernick shirt, and I'm gonna get a good looking shirt, I'm gonna get a nice shirt, a good quality shirt. And when yeah, I yeah, out new shirt. Yeah, when I step outside, I, I I'm standing for something. I'm standing for 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 some for some justice at some level, at some topic. And if if Man United can actually speak to Adidas and say. This is what we're going to do for our shirts. Make it... Like, even Nike have, like, a full full shoe now. Tim mm-hmm. Lennon, a full shoe now. If they say, make it 50% environmentally friendly, friendly, if they can go to their food sponsors and say, give us some environmentally friendly options that we can sell that people... So... Yeah. so, so, so I for think... It's just to... Yeah.
1: Sorry. Just to... I want to sort of move this on, but basically from my understanding might be you're saying that compromises need to be made from both sides, that football clubs should change their thinking in in aligning with financial gain, but they're not going to make a major profit off everything and sometimes you've got to have to benefit um, corporate or social responsibility and brands and the government um, has to do the same as well.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. Like, like, like you were saying, if 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 Man United can stand out there and say they made an environmentally friendly shirt, the likes of Barcelona, Madrid, all the all all the all the top twenty teams, you have to ask them. Okay, you have deals with the Adidas as well. Why can't you do it? Clearly, it's possible because I think the problem is uh, they can take a stance right now and say it's not financially uh, viable, blah, blah blah. But if someone amongst you can do it and prove that it's going to damage because we can talk about profits cool profits are cool but if you can do something that's not going to damage you and hurt you and hurt the, your supporters and hurt hurt the environment why wh- why can't someone in a similar position, position to you do it i think that's someone has to take the first stance and i'm so happy that uh bellerina and this club have done that because as you said it's it's they, they're starting from a different standpoint as a club and as a business but if they can show that it's possible, that's when you have to start looking at yourself, okay, if he can do it, why can't I do it? And then people have to, the public have to start asking questions about it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I understand that football transfers are at the benefit of the organization, but if you're wasting like 70 million pounds or euros on players like Kepa, then I mean, you can ah, have that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the that's bad. like the third shot you fired eh? yeah. okay <laughs> uh,
1: but to actually move on to another topic a bit more quickly since you spent so much time on this one um it was basically uh moipi's baby from the other day and it was on women's football and we kind of debated it to no end because we're in men obviously and We don't exactly know what the best way for women's sport is forward, and we spoke about um, how how social media and marketing is done in women's football. And basically, the premise was that we're trying to because might be the example might be brought was the Lyon football Twitter account is shared, right, and. We've got other examples of United and Manchester City whose Twitter accounts are not shared. Um, so basically, for exposure purposes, I, my point of view was I would prefer them to be separated so that the women's clubs can have their own identity. But I understand why, at um, some, you know, some clubs it is shared because the women get more exposure. Um, what do you think about that?
3: Um, are you asking me? Yeah?
1: Yes, 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 sorry.
3: Because <laughs> I'm a woman, so I will speak for all women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no but, um,
3: <laughs> I don't know, like, in terms of marketing, I don't know. I hear about this dilemma between even like having its own club as a woman or having um, within uh, a men club, a women branch, let's say. But I understand that in a club that has been built with like around men, by men, for men, it must be quite hard to find your way to get the visibility and the uh, and like get rewarded for your efforts um, but it can happen like in Lyon even though obviously it's definitely not perfect but I guess it's interest. it might be more interesting for women to have just their own club but I don't know um, what to say I think yeah honestly I don't know can I say I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated because fine then like obviously it's interesting to get the visibility but at the same time do you really get it when you see for example if you take Lyon, for example like when they win the champions league of course Lyon is making some efforts on twitter but then they don't make the like in france they didn't even make the front pages of of sports media like tour de france did so and because it's men so yeah I think it's a complicated question. I have no answer to give you, even though I'm a woman. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: kidding,
4: right? Like, like what, what I was saying the last time is um, I think it's similar to what we we're speaking about just now that um, setting the example, like, like, like for me, what I was saying is that separating, like if you're going to call Man United a club, um, all the players in their club, because the Man United... You can't say that the Man United pages are for the first team because they're going to promote the, the the kids and and they're going to promote the academy. They're going to include this and this and that, but they're not going to include the the equivalent of their team for a different gender. And I, I always thought that I feel like if you're going to say you're a club, I had the stance that it should be the one thing together and I think the exposure will be there. And I I don't know. I don't know. And I I was hearing, Brian, what you're saying now that maybe the women should have their own um, club and profile. And and, and Brian was saying um, the content there was a bit different and
1: more interesting than the men's one. But, I mean, uh, just to sort of caveat that, I find it a bit – of uh, a disrespect especially what I see with Alex Morgan especially yeah and these kind of the bigger signings in women's football that you know Alex Morgan's, Alex Morgan Alex sorry Alex Morgan's transfer is so publicized on all the Spurs pages and then the others are sort of only announced on the women's page. You I mean saying, I get that you... she's such a big star but I mean that's kind of like whoa. That's
4: what I'm saying because Alex Morgan was a huge signing. That's a huge signing. And and Man United signed um, two World Cup winners. That's a huge signing. But no one will know unless they follow the Man United women's page. And I feel like it, it's so unfair because...
1: Because... But I mean... on Yeah. Sorry. On the other side of that, I get what you're saying. But yeah. if I twist that and say, hey, and they posted on the... If they have... So like, for example, now they have the women's page. And now they're posted on the men's page that's not going to how is that helping the women's page all the people all the Americans are just going to come and follow the Tottenham Hotspur and they're going to grow in uh, numbers and the women's page is going to be left behind again
4: that's why there shouldn't be there should be centralization there should be centralization and marketing there shouldn't be a decentralization of these people belong to men united but they belong to men united women
2: yeah, but I think we I think um, I think we're looking at it a bit different. We I think definitely we don't have to centralize. Um, uh, it's for me, it's not a. I don't think the reason to centralize should be so that the women can get more um, uh, attention and publicity. I think the, the the way we should be looking at it is that. We should. They be, should
1: have organic. Probes.
2: Yes, exactly, and we should be investing, and 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 this goes back to paying players equally. This goes back to paying uh, uh, female footballers more than they are get, uh, getting currently paid, because most of them are still uh, non professionals, um, and they still have day jobs. So I yeah, just sorry just yeah.
1: to interject there and just say, <laughs> I think I read a tweet today saying that SA Rugby gives the national women's team a stipend. Of 2,000 rand. You see? So just Carry just, so, just
2: so So for so
1: yeah. Lita, I want to say, I want
4: to ask, I want to ask all of you. What is the purpose of social media pages from these clubs?
2: It's to, it's to give uh, their players and their club and their organization publicity and engage with fans as well.
4: Oh, wait. So it has nothing to do with the football, right? It's
2: Obviously. All of, yeah, but it's no, all but all of, it's all but about it, marketing. It's a part yeah. of the market. Yeah, it's a part of the marketing strategy. But also that obviously goes through the football because if the, 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 the level of the oh. of the football club rises, more oh. money comes in and then that goes back into the football though. That's all linked. though. You can't say it's nothing we to do with football. Yeah. We've we've been playing we've been playing
4: horrible football since two thousand and fourteen. But um but our but our social media following has grown. You can't tell me it's aligned to the football.
2: What are you okay? What are you, okay, saying? How, do you how is it not aligned to the
1: football? This is, this is this is what I say. Yeah,
2: it's a line to the football because you guys have more and more fans every day. <laughs> not that because, oh, not only because you, you're not winning anything, Man United has more and more fans because of the success in the past 100%. Yeah yes but wait yeah what
1: what i'll say here is when you have something that's centralized Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that is run by men Mm -hmm. it will always be second exactly so and that's why i say that it should be decentralized Mm -hmm. so it can have organic growth and external income that is not dependent on the men's And by that, they'll get more money. The quality of football will improve. Hundred percent. The facilities will improve. Hundred percent. The engagement will improve, and yes. it'll just be a better brand. And more young women will, you know, see football as a viable.
2: And 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 at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, you'll know, increase the overall um, Tottenham Hotspur, whatever football club's profile. And that will in turn bring money to the whole corporation. Then they'll invest in stadiums, and then the women will have their own stadium, not necessarily sharing the stadium with the lower league club, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, for me, like decentralizing this, going back to social media, it's important because it gives the the ladies' side their independence. While, but also that is will be nothing without investment. Investment goes to the media team and the social media team, the camera crew, the video, uh, the, the videographers. All those guys need to be. Invested in so that they can uh, produce quality content for the women, unique to women, unique yeah, to female I mean, fans, and tailored etc. So once it's always for me like like you said, Brian, if it remains under one social media page, they will always be a second best, unfortunately.
1: And I mean, I was because I follow some uh, United fans, and they were complaining about how long it took for to get an interview from Tobin Heath and. Christian Press compared to uh, Van der Beek. Mm. So that's these minute things that, thing that yeah, annoys yeah, fans.
2: Exactly. And that's what, because literally there's probably not enough uh, uh, resources. Because the, probably the resources were aimed at, okay, United is training today. Uh, the first team, whatever, we have a story plan for Pogba. Now, Torben Heath obviously got signed. They probably didn't have enough people. They probably shelved it for the next day or, you know, a couple of hours later. So that's why you need to Pump investment, pump resources, and and then that will help the 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 football, female football gain uh, the what's this, the profile that they deserve and and that you know that they should be getting because there will be a lot of there's a lot of untapped football uh, female football fans out there and you need to reach you can't just keep targeting to the same old uh, uh, football fans there's a lot of other football fans and you need a uh, what's a, a female focus, a woman's
1: football focused uh, page for that?
2: Otherwise, you're going to keep missing.
3: Mm. I definitely yeah
1: mm. And speaking about missing,
3: what um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that
1: transition? I look <laughs> like a DJ with these transitions. <laughs> <laughs> let's go on to the football of this weekend. I mean, <laughs>
3: now, men's football. Let's talk serious. <laughs>
2: see, just keep getting
1: and uh, but um, yeah, it's not really that much to talk about. I mean, we could speak about United's loss all we want, but if you want to hear my thoughts, you can read what I wrote on oversaturated. Uh, good hashtag good plug. Of United. hashtag plug, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the bow are a pretty. We'll start off there because it was the first game. Not that you know United fans dominating here, but um, yeah, it was a pretty bad game. I kind of knew it as soon as I saw the lineup. Um, yeah, might be. Oh, what did you think about the performance?
4: Um,
1: I, I, I was worried
4: before the lineup. I was worried that. I think Tubby told me like, "Yo, bro." Premier League starts in the next week. I'm like, what? And the the, the the reason I was worried is that our men were already tired. The season ending they were already tied. I don't know I can't give you a professional opinion of how long they should uh, be allowed to, to, to get back to full fitness. But I was okay with I, I was okay with the starting eleven to be very honest with you. I was very I was very excited. I was like, you know what? All the men in my here, Donny on the bench Okay, that's cool. Um, that performance was lethargic. That was oh, all it is worth. Was it? Was it? Was it end of last year? The first season mm, yeah. last season. The,
1: like, for the the end of the the first season.
4: I felt like there was. That was that was like Andres Pereira and Mandem in the middle. They I, I I we we come back with the same problems. Whether it be coaching, whether it be quality or player. We are not moving forward. And I, I haven't been I haven't been this disinterested in this club in the last
2: in, in, in any time of my life. Like, well- Moebi. I mean, just just I have to ask you guys this. Do you think because when I looked at that performance, obviously you mentioned um that the club, you know, preseason was pretty short for everyone almost. Uh, particularly yeah. the guys who were involved in Europe after the Premier League was done. And then um, you know, despite that, you know, the start of the match wasn't as fast paced as you'd at least think if it was a fitness issue then at least start the game off. With pace and then die off in the end, you know. This game, it looks like the guys were a bit off, just obviously in terms of pressing. And that's where you play a Palace side who's fit, three games under the belt. Um, they obviously they've got running power all over the field, so you know they're running everywhere, and they put two men on your two defense as well, with one on Lindelof and, and Maguire. Do you think? Do you? My question is: Do you think that the all the stuff in the build up to the season and the first match? Failure failed transfer market really, um, and then all, obviously all the social media talk. Even the club having to issue a statement, um, or through the media. Do you think that had any impact on the guys' list for the game? Sorry, uh, Philippe, but the guys' appetite for the game. Do you think that had any impact? Because, like, even yeah. Bruno, you had all the guys who were there. Pogba got subbed off like 60th minute for Donnie. So, like, do you think that had any impact?
4: 100%, bro. We played uh, the first week and everyone was playing. We played Aston Villa and when we lost that game, but granted, we played. Um, there was treated like. It was obviously a preseason game. It was treated like a preseason game where a lot of the younger boys played. Yeah. Like that, that just let me know, like, Villa 1 nil. That doesn't sound correct. Um, I think when everyone showed up, I think the preseason, I don't think the Harry Maguire grease thing, the, the Greenwood prison no not prison the the, the 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 covid thing i don't think that had an impact but i think like everyone came back and i think for the last two weeks of, of, of our last season everyone was dying and everyone was like looking for if it's not an inspiration i think bruno came january as an inspiration they were looking for inspiration or an energy to push him on but like it's like it's like it's like uh, losing it's like losing a, a fight with, with your mangan yeah. and then you up again and it's up again and it's like okay fuck what's different this time
2: I'll, I'll tell you right now like they, they didn't look like a happy team like Maguire obviously yeah. I think he's trying to no no no, 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 no I'm, just, I'm just talking about now of, of, of reactions of that I've seen like just guys walking out whatever I didn't see lots of smiles I understand maybe the guys were a bit focused but like Maguire serious face I understand probably you know he doesn't want to seem like he's, he's laughing off the whole grease thing but everyone was a serious man I don't know. Maybe that was just, like I said, obviously I'm looking at it through uh, pessimistic eyes, but like it didn't, I don't know. That, yeah, anyways.
1: I think it's just a nitpicking there. <laughs> but um, I think United had one, what, two weeks, three weeks of preseason, one preseason friendly. Um, you're playing in a guy who played for Crystal Palace, who they deemed not good enough at right back, and. A, basically, a championship, a championship player, and why just saw it and was like, "I've got Zaha, one of the best attackers in the league. Bruh. I'm just gonna run everything through that side, Bruh. and that's that's it. Like you've got Vindel- Lindelof regressing. Like I don't know. I don't blame Harry Maguire for it. Harry Maguire is a world class defender. I say it again. Harry, Harry Maguire is a world class defender. He needs somebody." <laughs> Agile and mobile next to him because he's not you agile and ev- mobile You can't have oh everything as a human being you can't have you, 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 God doesn't bless you with everything He's got a wicked pass bring the ball out the back he's a leader he's tall but I'm sorry I'll tell God you, just didn't give him everything. I'll, I'll tell you
2: what Tim Sherwood would say today. he's average on the ball average on the ball. There's nothing great on the board, mate. So well, I don't Tim know. Show, so, I don't know should, I don't, know. We, I don't know. we
1: should leave Sancho and get Jack Grealish and Gareth Bale. So fuck Tim Show. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Big thanks! <laughs>
2: uh, like it's all spilling. Philippine, do you see it all spilling out on Brian now? Like it, <laughs> the frustration is just pouring out of
1: him. <laughs> love it. Love mm, it. Nah, no, but we'll see. But yeah. Yeah, United will see um next week. I don't even know who you're playing, but I'm hoping for better start off tonight, uh, by the way. He in yeah. So just to make a pit stop before we go to Stanford Bridge, I wanna talk about Mourinho. Um who you guys said he's finished. Um <laughs> he's very well must still alive. Five two. Harry Kane, son. I, I I know you guys are gonna say I oh, you do rate son I rate son but four goals I think I think with Bale and Regulon they they're gonna go well man there's a bright future for Spurs
4: yeah I like Bale I like Bale I think Bale is a uh, obvious if their man's available but but I think the big problem is that they're only gonna have him as he's gonna be Gareth Bale only in December probably um. Performance is good. I rate son too, bro. Like uh, I don't know why, why why are you talking like that towards me, bro? I rate son too, bro. Really? Nah,
1: that was directed to to later. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: nah,
1: I like it, bro.
4: I like it.
2: But so, so, yeah. but like as Mopee said, he's only gonna be fit in if not one month, maybe two months time. So let's see where. Nah, but they say it's
1: just a uh, a minor thing.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Well, this uh, nothing is minor with Gary Bell. We know. Well, uh injury record in the past couple of years. Maybe no, the golf might have helped him in the last season or two. So well, let's see if he's going to be fit. But I'm not worried about Tottenham. Uh, Mourinho, uh, Mourinho's Mourinho. Man, I think he's gonna he's gonna implode. He's gonna despite um, you know Gareth Bale coming into the side. You know, definitely more experience. Him Kane probably going to be. I don't know if Gareth Bale's actually going to be a talker much. Just going to have to leave with the, with the example uh, on the field. But I, I see another implosion for Mourinho, man. I already see him having issues with Dele Ali. And, you know, there'll probably be more issues where he takes over a player after 30 minutes or at half time. And then and more problems. So I don't know. Mm, we shall mm. see. Arsenal that's is Lita's... a team that I'm a bit, I'm a bit skeptical about. I'm not sure. Not sure.
1: Yeah, that's Lita's uh, non biased view on Jose Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so now let's get into the, the game of the weekend. Um uh there was only one winner uh from the start I think. Chelsea Chelsea set up and I, I sent you this, Chelsea set up to to frustrate Liverpool in the words of the athletic. Um and the red card just was inevitable. Not the red card, but just the regression after that, it was gonna happen anyway. Um, but Lita, explain to me how you let um, Thiago make 70, 72 passes in forty five minutes. Yes. they were they were camped
2: in our final third basically in that whole like last forty minutes of that game. So I I I don't really blame them. Really a, and Thiago's a world-class player, unfortunately, uh, for us. So the fact that they, and Klopp even said himself after the game, that as soon as the red card happened, half-time he knew this would be the perfect game for someone like Thiago, who is a baller with born ball at his feet. Um, and that's what Liverpool lacked in the midfield. They don't really, I mean, uh, Henderson, Gini or Fabinho aren't really at that level, on, on on the ball, that killed us, man. But just overall in the game, um, we keep making mistakes. We keep making mistakes in terms of you know when you play in a big game. I remember the I think the the Stanford Bridge game last season against Liverpool. It was foul free kick outside the box, scored a banger, and then foul free kick uh, closer to the uh, through the li- to the sidelines. They curl it in, three header for Firmino, 2-0, game over. Even though we, we can't score a late one, it was a game over. Same as, as on Sunday. Red card, we obviously play on the counter. We did play on the counter against uh, Brighton as well. So I don't know if it's really a Lampard thing or um, a Liverpool, or with the fact that we're playing Liverpool. But I do know they mentioned, oh I read somewhere where, you know, because of The front line still trying to get to know each other, Um, lots of new players. At training, they're focusing on more defence. And I think that comes off in the game because guys now, Werner's making the runs, but everyone's focused on staying in place and and not getting caught out, that no one is looking uh, uh, forward. And I think also that way Werner, I mean not Werner, sorry, Havertz has also fallen short because we need to play balls to the man who's got the pace up front and he will burn uh, can burn a lot of defenders. So, yeah, I man, it's disappointing, but mistakes, man. Mistakes, very hard. And then, Kepa, oh, crap. Kepa, it's Kepa, really- Kepa. Yeah, it's very frustrating, man. the keeper 19th <laughs> in the league for saves and he's a, trying to be a top four keeper. Not odd, dude. And unfortunately, he also looks like sometimes he doesn't care that he makes mistakes. I know it's unfair to say that, but just from his facial expression, man. And, and I know Chelsea fans have been sour ever since that sorry incident. So yeah, hey man, it is what it is. It's only one game. Um, we have more points in Manchester United. So yeah, it's all good.
1: One last game with one more game. But um, yeah, I just I love playing devil's advocate. And I would just, I want to uh, put this to you in the sense that Frank Lampard, to me, doesn't quite... And I get that, okay, he's brought in a, a, a new raft of players and he's basically starting from zero.
2: And he said and he started from zero
1: with new goals. And, but in the way he's starting from zero, he is trying to start from negative 50 playing, uh, I don't know, even know what he's doing, playing he's got I get that, you know, he, he like, okay, he's playing Mount on the on the left-hand side and when Pusilic comes back, I am probably 99% sure that Pusilic is going to slot straight into that left-hand side. Mm-hmm. And that asked my question, hmm, what, what what's going on with Callum hudson O'Doy? And I just feel like Lampard just doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, and, and I saw the article from the Athletics He Post, it's only two games, shut the fuck up. But I mean, two games, two different uh, formations it's a guessing game as to what he's going to do next, <laughs> yeah. find out on the next episode of Chelsea FC. Yeah. But it's... He just, it was the same thing last season. He didn't know. And again, this season, he didn't know.
2: Unfortunately, you know, you, you get to, when you get a new coach who, um, you know, starting his career, you, you you can't really be sure exactly of what you're going to do, 100%, because then you'll be... Uh, um, borderline on, on the stubborn, you know, because you unfortunately not everyone can be someone like Pep who was born into a system, played in that system and then coached in that system. You can't tell me Klopp was uh, a, a genius at minds that he had this – uh, Kagan Press already at Mainz before he went to Dortmund. It takes time to build a certain uh, style of play and I think Lambert... With, with the versatility, I think he for me, my for the way I'll try and explain, I think he's getting himself, himself a bit muddled up with the options that he has and the versatility that the players that he has have as well. Because Mount can, and he's not bad playing on, on, the, on the left, but he, he might not be as creative as some people might want him to be, but he's not bad, you know? And okay, for me, but... someone like Kellen like hmm. clearly there's something there. Bro. If he's not working hard in training, and Lampard is a person who worked on his whole career. If he's not working hard in training, hmm. then you can't expect Lampard, who's a hard worker, to then just say, ah, okay, I'm just going to play the lad.
1: <laughs>
2: like, ah, it doesn't work like that.
1: But sorry, just, to, just,
2: just
1: Just hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. My question, yeah, okay. I think you're taking my question in another direction. Lampard, as a coach, as you say, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have, he wasn't born into a system. But as a football coach, I believe you should, Klopp had a fundamental system. It doesn't matter who you, ha- it doesn't, well, listen, it doesn't matter who you have, but. Even when he came to Liverpool, he had shit players. But he didn't like someone who was, at Boston. was ten years in his job compared to someone who's two
2: years. At Mines at Mainz he did the same thing. At Dortmund he did the same thing. Brian, that's what I'm saying. So
1: you talk about... And you look at listen but well, listen I you, listen. you I talk about a, the new, you, the a, board new, board. a new coach. Yeah. You look at at, at Nagelsmann. Mm-hmm. He said the same thing he's doing at Life that he did at Hoffenheim. Okay. And that's what I mean. So I'm, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. You're taking the there. The, what is Lampard's fundament? I don't see it.
2: Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, it tell to you I'll tell you the ones that yeah. have
1: been in play in the two seasons
2: in, in, in the season in the that has been here. Yeah. Definitely pressing on the ball. Uh, uh, uh obviously it's, it's modern football now, and, and most most teams press, but definitely pressing on the ball. Um. I would say I don't want to say um, more sorry type football, but I think he took sorry type football and removed the the pointlessness of it in terms of centre back, centre back, centre back, centre back, centre back, centre back, back, back. Even though that still exists, but I think he definitely took that away in terms of they are direct balls. If we have to play to Giroud, we do play to Giroud. If we have to play to 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 Alonso on the left wing, we do play to Alonso on the left wing. So for me. But also, that's he came into the job handicapped, right? So he hasn't had the opportunity to implement his style because you come with you can't you can't necessarily come into a side and then you can't have players that can play your football, you know. And Klopp, you can't tell me Klopp when he saw Firmino, he was like, oh, maybe this guy's not. You can't really play my football. He saw Firmino and said, this guy will be perfect for the style of football I'm gonna play. Not necessarily I don't think he took Firmino and said, "For me I'm gonna turn you into a the best uh creative striker. Firmino was not never really a striker at Hoffenheim even before he came to Liverpool. He was always really a striker I, now anyway. And something. So he took a player that fitted that fitted in the system. That Lampard necessarily didn't have that at, at Charles when he came. So but anyway, what I'm saying is that I still think he's still figuring it out, Brian. As I'm saying now, he's still figuring it out. And I think he's getting in his own way a bit with the versatility, but as he said now in an article about uh, defending his use of habits, is that you will see soon what his style of play is and what he's trying to implement, with a team that he's built by himself. And like I said earlier, earlier in the the window, if Lampard fails, he will fail by himself, given all the support. He can't use the same excuses as Mourinho used at United, saying he he didn't get the support. He has, if he fails, he fails. But obviously I don't want him to fail. So, but at the end of the day, this is his team now. Let's see what happens.
1: Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Philippine, as 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 a avid listener and a fan of of the podcast, <laughs> do you think we get too emotional debating our teams? We definitely do get emotional, sorry, Philippine.
3: <laughs> nah, think we're really getting emotional, but it's you should call it a United versus Chelsea podcast, to be honest. <laughs>
4: I relax.
2: relax. <laughs> <laughs> I've told them, Philippi, that we need to get better numbers in here. We need to, go. that's only two against one. That's the problem.
1: I mean, we've got a we've got a PSG supporter here. Exactly. We can Funny we can pivot to. Oh, okay, uh, but uh, okay. Let's I... talk about. Um, <laughs> No. PSG versus Marseille. Yes. And uh, I, no. I think it's... Shame to French football. I think it's... <laughs> not to talk about racism, but I think it's very interesting um, the the animosity between the fans of the club, which is sort of fabricate, fabricated. Um, you know, as a PSG supporter, I, I know you... You don't think that there's a real a rivalry there between you and Marseille, and I don't think there's a real rivalry there on a sporting sense. I mean, like PSG has won like what eight hours uh, in a row. Um, but do you think that sort of had a, had an effect that the, the after the Champions League loss and Payer posted a thing and they were celebrating in the streets? Um, that uh, PSG lost the final. Do you think that kind of had an effect on what happened in the game? Those who don't know what happened uh, with the five red cards, 14 bookings, and a racism incident, which I don't know the verdict of what happened yet.
3: But obviously, I think it had an impact. But I don't think it's a fake rivalry. I just think it's a made up no
1: I mean not a fake rivalry but it's not it
3: was made up by the media for like financial objectives let's say but now the it doesn't make it less real in terms of how at least the ultras really hate each other and I think I'm like kind of a chill fan where I think I love football more than I love PSG kind of like I'm not the kind of fan who would just hate Marseille just because I like PSG but after like it was, if you haven't seen the image, it was crazy at the end of the Champions League final how people like Marseille streets were just full of people celebrating. So I think obviously it created tension, like it's just not nice to watch. But I think, yeah, the rivalry, I mean, as I told you before, like I saw after the game a lot of comments of like, oh, well, this is nice, like intensity in football, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that we should aim for this kind of rivalry where it ends up with, like, five red cards and racism incidents. Like, this is not the type of rivalry we want. I think, yeah. Mm. So, I don't know. I was happy with this game.
2: Sorry, Philippine. do you think, do you think, um, obviously, you know, you speak about the rivalry between the fans and, you know, if it's created by the media and all that. But do you think it carried over to the players? Because... I, I like I didn't watch the whole game, but obviously the highlights. And then to 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 that point where they started fighting, do you think there's some vibes between the players because you like the the whole the way um I forgot the blonde now what's his name? Parades the way he reacted to that kick, and then he, snapped, and then the whole team, both teams snapped. So do you think there was is there was there some as obviously a, a French football fan? Was there some animosity between the sets of players as well?
3: I think obviously at some point it gets to the players like well first some of the players are just I mean not a lot but there's still some players from the city like yeah so obviously they would be more intense about the rivalry but also it just creates a whole atmosphere of well this is a game that we have to win so I guess yes but it doesn't I don't think it excuse. Like I like the fact that it was an intense game, and I think it really was an interesting game to watch. Like it was, mm-hmm. yeah, a cool game to watch. But how it ended was just not what we. Yeah. We spoke like. about. Uh, we
1: spoke about, sorry, the uh, we spoke about that.
3: I mean, five thousand fans were there. Exactly.
1: So
2: that was that was the shocking part that the the players can be so intense with no yeah. fans, and they really try to beat each other up. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but I think it's 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 just many things. It's also maybe that PSG is really not used to lose to them, at least this team. So, so exactly. they might get frustrated really fast when they see that they're gonna lose. That um, you know, like um, all these uh, how do you say like follow of games that you win <clears> again <throat> and again. So yeah. Exactly.
1: Mm. I mean, we spoke about that sort of these rivalries later when we watched the Boca. River Plate thing where it becomes a bit excessive with the when they were talking about how they um killed one of the supporters uh, at one of the games and then supporters got banned. And then the actual game is pretty like nothing like I've seen before in terms of the the passion and mm-hmm. violence was pretty intense.
3: Yeah, of course I mean yeah. intense the- But it's so, I mean, it's so different, obviously, here in Europe. And, like, France is not the biggest football country in Europe. And Marseille is a real football city, to be honest. But it's not, it doesn't, it really doesn't have this culture. But I think, yeah, they're trying to sometimes, like, the fans are trying to reproduce what they see, you know, in Argentina or wherever. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's so different though.
2: No, it's crazy not it's crazy in South America. It's on another yeah. level. Yo. I think South America and um Northern Africa. It's yo. Yeah. yo, yo, yo the Edinburgh. passion that the fans have.
3: Yo. Yeah. In Algeria it's it's also Yeah. Very really crazy. But there's a lot of games like this, uh in in many places. Or in Turkey or but yeah, it's different, the PQ and...
1: Yeah, hopefully we'll see it one day. Um, But yeah, uh, to move on to (laughs) um, the other sports,
3: uh, football is not the only sport. um, Just before that, although it's very different, I just want to defend the fact that I think the PSG Ultras are pretty pretty great. I mean, they really kind of disappointed me with the Marseille game because they did some like outrageous uh things but they they have like great ultras to be honest and i think psg wasn't always like this maybe or at least it doesn't have this image in europe of like this fan based club because of the money and everything but it has like a pretty strong ultra base that is yeah doing a great job in having like great atmospheres and stuff i think
1: Mm. definitely though i mean um, before I followed sort of PSG a bit closer I think I imagined them in this more sense of Manchester City where most of the fans came off came with the money mm-hmm. but it's actually a pretty strong core for mm-hmm. sure group there which is
3: but also just because like cool. Paris is a huge city and this is the biggest team there so it's not like City where there's already two clubs in a smaller city so there's actually like many many and it's a popular city so Uh,
1: Paris FC
3: yeah there's Paris FC but they're not at that level Um, but yeah like it's they have like a crazy story Um, the ultras and it's I think they have a great atmosphere now
0: Oh. My check one two one two. I'm from the place where hardcore. This is the link up. This is the link up. This is the link up. Views from the staff tell the world that we pass. This is the link up. This is the link up. This is the link up from the staff tell the world that we back ladies and gentlemen grab a drink let's get settled in here's another dose of some audio medicine fresh sports reports pure adrenaline we do it for the love of the game not the benjamins My check one two one two yo the link up 2, 1, 2. Uh, uh. I'm from the place where hardcore. This is the link up, This is the link up, This is the link of. Views from the staff to the world that we pass. This is the link of. This is the link up, This is the link of from the staff tell the world that we back ladies and gentlemen grab a drink let's get settled in here's another dose of some audio medicine fresh sports reports pure adrenaline we do it for the love of the game not the benjamins My check one two one two Yo, the link up